0: This is Jocko, underground podcast number 77, sitting here with Echo Charlie. What's happening Echo, Charles? Oh, hi. Okay, we can do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, negotiation, a negotiation, whoever cares the least wins. I saw this little clip uh, from Tim Ferriss the other day. Mm-hmm. And, that is a true statement right when you're in negotiation if you don't really care you have leverage because you're not concerned well I was uh, I was buying a car many many moons ago my uncle both my uncles actually I have two uncles they're both car salesmen they, they're retired now mm-hmm. but I was buying this car and I called my one of my uncles and I said hey here's what's going on here's the car here's the the package that it comes with, and whatever. And I told him what the price was. And he, I said, You know, what do you think? And he says, It's not a hateful price. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Okay, well, what, what does that mean? What should <laughs> I do? And he goes, Walk away, they'll call you.
1: Mm.
0: And I, was, I said, Well, I kind of like this car, you know. He goes, Walk away, they'll call you. Mm-hmm. I said, All right. So I walked away. They called. You know, they they adjusted their figures Mm. why because I acted like I didn't care Mm. and They did they want to sell that car so You know, this is one of the reasons I can't really go shopping for big ticket items with my wife. Yeah Because she'll just walk up look at a car or look at a house and just be like, oh, I love this. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) she's better now. I've, you know. You trained her? Yeah, we didn't train her, she's not a dog, but we have discussed protocols when looking at properties or when looking at big ticket items, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, that being said, a long time ago, you and I talked about something that's kind of the opposite of that, and that is, there's some environments where whoever cares the most is most likely going to win. Cause, and that's because, this is like in a team environment, in a work environment, the person that cares the most is probably gonna win because, because they won't stop until they do, mm. right? So because they care, they're gonna make maneuvers, they're gonna outlast, they're gonna out-hustle, they're gonna, they're gonna do things that the person that doesn't care is not gonna do. So when you're going through life, make sure you know who you are and make sure you know where you're at and make sure you know who you're contending with. If you're at work, you gotta care. Hmm. If you're in negotiation, you better not care. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it's important to know what you're up against, right? Know who you're up against. In your negotiating with someone, you gotta know, you gotta understand how much they care about the thing. And then you know what you're dealing with. Because if they don't care, then you you gotta understand that. You don't have much leverage. If you're at work, how much do they care? Do they care more than you? Are they willing to go the distance because you might be wasting energy trying to fight somebody that really cares and they're gonna win. So you gotta understand who you're up against, in what scenario it is, and then you gotta address it appropriately. And then, on top of that, these areas, these ideas kinda collide when it comes to leadership. Because when it comes to leadership, one thing that leaders mess up is they care too much about the wrong things. So they care too much, about things that they shouldn't be caring about, they don't care enough about things that they should. One thing that generally leaders care too much about is they care too much about their own ideas. They care too much about their own thing, their own idea, the plan that they came up with, they care too much about that. They also care too much, when you're in a leadership position, about who gets the credit, right? About who said more in the meeting, right? Mm -hmm. These are things that people, in leadership perspective, in leadership positions, they care about and they shouldn't freaking care about those things. Mm. Leaders sometimes care too much about themselves and what how this impacts them. When what leaders should really care about isn't who gets the credit, isn't whose idea it is, isn't who said more in the meeting what they should really care about, obviously, is their people. Because if you take care of your people, your people will take care of you. So let's think about that. The, the way caring impacts different situations, leadership situations, team situations, negotiation situations, just think about it. Know yourself, know your level of care, know what you're caring about, know your, your teammate, your opponent, your counter in negotiation, and know where they're at. And what they care about.
1: Yeah, I caught that Tim Ferriss clip as well. Oh, he that did. Was good, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's almost like whoever cares the most is going to spend the most, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Essentially. And oh, I don't mean spend necessarily just money. I mean, it, they're going to give out or uh, they're going to expend m- the most. Yes. You know, you know you if are. they care because they care, you know. So negotiation, it works against you. Yeah. Because yeah. negotiation, usually, you want to get the most, not expend the most. hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that was a good clip, I thought.
0: There you go. But as soon as I saw it, I thought mm. about that conversation. We had a long podcast a long time ago.
1: Yeah.
0: There were some things in the, in the military that I cared about, and it would take a while, but we'd, we'd, we'd end up with a, v, with a, with a W. <laughs> <laughs> the W.
1: Uh, your uncle's a car dealer. Uh, car salesman. Salesman. Um, They're retired now. So, but they got the, all the inside tips or oh, what? Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's new age stuff. It was, dude. it was,
0: yeah, it, there is new age stuff, but it was kind of nice to have them on my side back and the
1: broke. Boy, oh, when was that? Like my Roughly. entire adult life. No, that, that you. That
0: particular situation was um,
1: the 90s, the late 90s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So last uh encounter I had with the car salesman, mm-hmm. I knew that, I knew that tips oh, and yeah. my wife she's down for the cause oh, worse than not. me oh, oh yeah she's the kind where like the opposite of your wife i mean yeah, like yeah. she'll go in just knowing Cold. like nobody her dad my father-in-law mm-hmm. is freaking hardcore mm-hmm. as far as negotiation that kind of stuff so anyway so she's like that too we go in, and i knew i knew all the tactics well most mm-hmm. of them anyway i looked mm-hmm. it, looked them up we knew that uh sorry carl salesman i'm gonna give away some of the secrets So they do like certain things and I'm just paying attention and I'm assuming they're doing all of this stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they'll give you a good deal on it if you go financing with them because they make money off the financing. I've even heard of, and I don't know if they're doing this, but you got to kind of know this stuff where um, they'll bug the office. yeah. And then when they leave, they record the conversation and they listen for more information, for more leverage or whatever. Got to know that kind of stuff too. (laughs) I'm not saying they do that because I don't know. I, I don't think that's legal, is it? I don't know. But I've heard of that. And then um, what was the last one? Oh yeah, so the guy, my salesman, he wasn't like an older; he was a younger guy, mm-hmm. and he did jujitsu at Autos. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bond with this guy, and I'm gonna flip him to give out all the secrets. See what I'm saying? Uh-huh. We did it.
0: So we Wait, got, like like sat down, like give me the secrets, or he was like, uh, you mean for the deal? Gave you a good deal?
1: Yeah. So but, but in the, in this sense where. This is what happened. We, I ended up talking to him, and you know, and we kind of create a relationship where now he's not negotiating on behalf of the company. he's just kind of brawing out with me. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he even said and he had his like mask on this was back in the day. We had to wear masks, and he like totally like takes off his mask. He's like, "Hey, they make their money on the fi- giving up all the goods, they make yes. the money on the financing. so you just got to this and that and let me get do this." and he's like doing all this stuff. He didn't have that much power. he's like, but let me tell my manager this and that." and then we ended up getting a good deal. There you go. Yeah.
0: yeah, there's definitely some tactics and counter tactics. The funny thing is like here in San Diego, back in the day, yeah. the, there's an area mile of cars. Yeah, either. that's where or, I got sorry. my first car in San yeah, Diego. Yeah, so they, those guys are like sharks down there. They're looking for those young military dudes. <laughs> you know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I remember I'd go to look for a car yeah. and like I was kind of read in on the game yeah. because of my uncles.
1: Yeah.
0: So, But you'd walk on that lot and they would be on you, bro. On you. Yeah. Like ready to make a deal. Yeah. Ready to make a deal. And you know, the, back in those days, I mean, they're like, hey, what kind of payment do you want? They don't care. They're, yeah, they, they're, you know. they're just ready to break stuff down for you. <laughs> no, they they're going to figure like it that. out. Like, yeah. how much How much of a payment can you afford? And then we'll yeah. get you a car that kind of matches that payment yeah, don't based worry on about our the fight. price. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, don't worry about the price.
1: I got got with that, by the way. Oh, oh my you said the car. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What happened? That, I was like, and here's the What kind of car was it? Cadillac. You like those Cadillacs, don't you? Yeah. After actually, after that car. I was oh, like, yeah, I remember like, that. I remember that Cadillac. Yeah, CTS, the, right? Yep. CTS. Yeah. So but not can, a CTSV. No, no, no. Okay. So that was, and here's another little tactic too, and this goes for a lot of businesses in life. But um, the the guy who did it was a friend of a friend. So you, and so he's like, no, I'll tell him you'll get a good deal, right? You'd think, oh, freak, yeah, friend, it's my friend. You know, kind of one of my good friends too. Damn. And he was a friend of a friend. So, of course, I go in thinking I'm getting a good deal when most of the time now, and guess who told me this? My wife. She's like, no, that's when the guys really capitalize because they know that you as a friend of a friend or a friend, like you don't want to disappoint them with like, oh, the deal falling apart. You know, so you're going to you have some skin in the game in that way where you don't want to let them down either. You know, kind of a thing. And if they know that, they're just going to take advantage of you. Yeah, I was like, huh, that's weird. So um, she actually scolded me for getting that car without her, by the way. But so I went and I was like, hey, this <coughs> is my budget. This you is how much I want to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big thing. Yeah. And try bring it up now, next time you see her, and she'll, she'll probably feel some kind of way. Still, this is the black one bit.
0: with not tinted windows, right? Um, I, Yeah, no tinted. Yeah, windows. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I, I don't understand cars without tinted windows yeah i guess some cars. maybe you should have negotiated that into i the know plan, man, i should have okay so but he was
1: it. like uh, i was like hey this is my budget like i can't spend over this he's like oh, okay well you know and i'm thinking total price right so mm-hmm. i don't know and then he's like oh yeah what kind of payment like what payment can you afford and i was like oh yeah this much or whatever <laughs> so this one at the end of the day he goes hey this is the payment $100 more than you said. He's like, but don't worry. Like, think about it. Like, you can afford this. And just convincing me that I can afford it knows <laughs> my budget. All of my, You know, all of a sudden. So I'm like, all right. I was like, what's the total price? He's like, bro, don't worry about the total price. Like, we get these cars at all these, all different prices or whatever. Don't worry about that. Because we're not, we're not focused on us making the profit. We just want this to fit your payment budget. So look, and you can afford this. Because look, you figure this and that. Dude, and you bro, he totally crushed. convinced me. Crushed. Do you know what you
0: did when you ran the calculations? What did you pay for that car? What's it worth? (laughs) No,
1: I didn't run the car. I ended up, well, luckily at that time, I was only making a certain amount of money, and then I ended up, you know, doing better with my work and stuff, so I ended Mm -hmm. up just paying it off. But this was, here here was the time, this is when I really knew, like, okay, I, I completely got screwed because Sarah gets on the phone with him and says, hey, I don't want one of those payments that you only pay interest First, you know, first you just pay interest only for like Mm -hmm. a while and then it slowly changes. She's like, hey, I don't want that that payment for him. Like, I want the one where you're paying like just as much like a flat.
0: Right. Rate or You're whatever. You're playing down the principal out of the gate.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just a flat rate kind of a thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. No, Don't worry. I got it. I got the deal almost done already. And yes, you got that. She's like, okay. And she's like, whatever. Sure enough. Freaking, we look at like all the records or whatever. <laughs> no interest only for like so long. Totally lied. And I'm like, but what are you going to do? I'm not going to go scold my friend's friend.
0: How long was the payment plan? Was it like 72
1: six, months? Six years. Yeah. Sixty. Yeah, that was the plan. Do you remember the payment? 455 or something like that. <laughs> 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 yep, it's real.
0: Yeah, you can you can charge, uh, I think they can charge 24.99% interest too. So yeah. like these young Navy dudes, bro, or these young Marines, they roll out and they're looking at like a brand new Camaro. Yeah, Camaro. The, uh, it's a it dream, bro. They're 18 years old. And you're getting a brand new Camaro. Think about that. You're 18 years old. You're getting a brand new Mustang or a super, a super duty freaking F 350. Yep. Hell yeah. You don't know that you're paying it for eight years. Yeah. And it's cost you (laughs) 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 $142,000. So that's real. They get that. It's weird. It's also weird how emotional cars are to buy. Yeah. Well, if the car people love Americans, yeah, I mean maybe everyone does, but Americans really, a lot of Americans really like cars.
1: You know what's weird, bro? I was thinking about that on the way over here, literally. Like what? Like what's a And here's why. Here's my little conclusion. You ready for it? So, the typical American does only a handful of things, and it depends on what city you're in, too. Mm. By the way, because some cities like cars yeah. are not really that much of a, as much of a thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, we live in California and stuff, so. You only do a handful of things, right, as a person. Yeah. And then from there, Housework, it's like, car, yeah, from weird. there, it's just a few things, a few yeah. minutes a week or so. Yeah. you know, like when you think about it, right? And then reduce the thing to things that have to do more with your identity. It's going to be your clothes, mm-hmm. maybe your haircut or whatever. If you're a girl, the makeup, you put, how you put it, you know, basically your clothes, your car, because you go places, right? Mm-hmm. The car is essentially a s extension of yourself. Um, so yeah, clothes, car and maybe some people their house. Well, I was gonna say your house,
0: but you no, know, not as many people see your house as they yep. do your car. Everyone exactly, sees your car. Exactly
1: right, it goes with you pretty much everywhere you go. You know?
0: I, th- I I was gonna say, see Americans, when you get a car, most, most places, it's a freedom, right? It represents freedom. Yeah. But then it also represents, for a lot of people, status. Yeah. Like, oh, this is, You know, I'm being seen in this car like I was rolling in a 1997 Dodge Grand Caravan with a taped shut window.
1: Yep. But but my conclusion is a car is an extension of your identity or or is intertwined with your identity. And that makes perfect sense, even for what you just said, where you can be like, oh, yeah, I had a Dodge Caravan because I didn't care. But I was like, yeah, that's your freaking identity. Like, just Mm. like you don't have a Rolex, Mm -hmm. just like you don't wear like these two thousand dollar suits ever. (laughs) You know, most people with, you know, who who who. That's within their budget, we'll say. Right. People with money, they're gonna have nice suits. They're gonna have like a like a nice car. Probably yeah. it's pretty rare. That's why like when you when you when you think of an uh, like a, if you know of a millionaire or or someone with a lot a lot of money and they drive their old truck, it's like it stands out a lot. Everyone mm. remembers that guy because it's so rare. Dude, grab any millionaire from San Diego. They're going to drive a nice car. Yeah. Straight up. They're not well, driving what's, the what's,
0: caravan. What's crazy is you grab just about anyone from San Diego, and yep. they've put way more oh, money than yeah. they should into oh, that vehicle. That's the
1: identity, Brad. Right? They like identity. that vehicle. If you have someone who considers car part of status, you're going to find something else of theirs that's going to play the same role in their life, like clothes
0: Wait, or they, whatever. If they... Like the car status, yeah. They're also gonna like the clothes status.
1: You're probably gonna find that same pattern in something else of theirs. No, you the can clothes. get sucked
0: in any of those things. Though, like the watch you mentioned, the watches. Yeah. Like people are into watches. People pay twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for a watch, bro. And yeah. it doesn't have a stopwatch on it either. By the way, yeah, it doesn't have like a two. You can't get like two time zones or whatever. Yeah, no, right, <laughs> it doesn't right. have the, the functional- digital <laughs> date. Like the functionality yeah. is lame. Yeah, and yet people will spend all kind. They have them in case like a little uh, watch uh, display, display thing yeah. that automatically winds them. I'm like, I got a battery, bro. <laughs> Winding <laughs> things up.
1: I know, but again, well, okay, and then then this goes for cars as well. Where some people they they just like cars. They're into cars. Yep, so and that's I, I actually do
0: like cars. You know, I appreciate a cool car. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like that 1973 Ford Econoline van because it looks legit. Right. You so, know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, fully. And and so there's a difference between liking cars, like just as a as a subject or whatever. You know, like some people they love airplanes. Some people, mm. some kids they like dinosaurs or whatever. You know, they know about all the di- different dinosaurs and all the when they lived and all this stuff. So so guys are like that with cars. They know the 1969. For you know. Camaro, whatever the cars are. And uh they and that that's what they're into. They're into even a lot of times they're into like even the engine parts and the and the, sure. and the you know the mechanism and stuff like that. That's different than the status.
0: Yeah, it's different than I want the
1: BMW
0: 974i yes, or whatever.
1: The most expensive one, or yeah, exactly right. The status part of it, or the Rolls Royce Phantom. That's what I want it you know. Um and I'm not saying if you like that, that's what it is. I'm just saying that's what it can look like. Same thing for watches. Mm-hmm. Some people, they're just into that watch. That's that new rare one with the sapphire, I don't know, something yeah. made out of sapphire. And then, the, uh, or the the rare, rare Rolex or whatever, right? right? And they're right. into watch. They got like, you know, a, a thousand of them because they're really into them. Mm-hmm. But some people, they're just like, no, I just want a Rolex because it's status. You see what I'm saying? It's the same kind of pattern. Got it, got
0: it. I always, when I drive by like apartments that people are renting, And there's nice cars outside the apartments, like really nice cars—Mercedes, BMWs, Cadillacs, this kind of thing. Lincoln's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm always a little bit, kind of feeling a little bit disappointed that you went and bought that Mercedes or that Cadillac. You probably could have bought a little house somewhere or, you know, a piece of real estate.
1: Oh yeah, from Uh, the that's going to
0: appreciate hopefully in value much more than your your BMW is not going to appreciate in value. Yeah,
1: from a financial planning standpoint, oh, for, for sure. sure. Makes sense. And, like, so think about this, though. Like, what if you had, and obviously, let's say a person had um, $2 million. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, kind of more Let's say they made, let's say, actually, how about this? Half a million dollars a year they made, Kay. right? So it's not like they're not, like, Top point zero one percent, but like they're like doing it though. Well in America. Just
0: to just to let you know, four hundred thousand it's around four hundred thousand dollars a year puts you in the top one percent.
1: Okay. So um
0: So they're but, in the top one percent. But They're the five hundred
1: G's. Some of these nice condos, like they're super nice condos, mm-hmm. maybe like six, seven, eight, nine, ten grand a month. Mm-hmm. They're condos, they're apartments or whatever, and then there's gonna be a nice car like that in front. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times basically the question is this. If you make a lot of money, there's it, det- it depends what kind of person you are to de- which will determine what you spend your money on. Some people they'll get money and be like, "Okay, for security reasons, I'm going to make as much money as I can so I'm safe. I got a safety net, I got, you know, and they ha- and they look at it from a financial stability and safety standpoint. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, "Hey, really the primary reason to make extra money beyond what I need? Like beyond like, you know, of is to have fun is to have fun <laughs> to bolster my identity maybe to score chicks um maybe to uh live experiences mm-hmm. like you know people they just travel they're like man i just want to try i want to buy a deck out a big sprinter or something like this and just deck it out mm-hmm. put some solar panels on there too and just travel and surf or whatever and that's literally what what the ideal money scenario would be you know so basically the point there is when you make money like different people have different idea Ideas of what money should be spent on and yes it I think we look at financial stability as a smart thing Yeah, we do but not but some a lot of people don't look at it like it's everything, you know and
0: when you're an 18 year old Marine yeah, you're not you looking roll onto the car lot and that dude's got a freaking brand new Camaro with <laughs> yes. racing stripes on it, bro, yes. you're done. <laughs> you're done. You are done. You're about to sign an eight-year contract, bro. <laughs> oh, there you go. Be feel, careful out there.
1: I feel like you've seen that a few times. Dude, yeah, you definitely mm-hmm. would see that. So
0: Be careful out there, young young sailors and Marines and young privates in the U.S. Army. Mm. An airmen just be careful when you walk on that car lot. Man, they're sharks,
1: mind your negotiation position and,
0: and don't care too much. Sorry. Care about what the damn contract says, care about what the financing rate is, care about that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check all right, let's get some QA. All right, first question, Jocko. I'm reaching out to you because I don't know what to do. I att- I'll attempt to keep this short. My little brother's 17. He has the mind of a 12-year-old. He's been raised by video games and the instant gratification that they bring. He doesn't put any effort into school, and today I caught him crying about having to go to school tomorrow. My parents have yelled at him for years to do homework and wake up, put on, put clothes on, basically things you shouldn't even have to tell someone to do. I believe he has established a coping mechanism to being yelled at as he makes a blank space and doesn't listen to a word you say. Blank, Blank face. How do I help him? I can honestly say if, if things don't change, he will kill himself down the line. He has no idea of how to handle pain. He has never been tested. He has been living life on easy mode. He's 17, 5'9", and weighs about 280. How can I help him? I'm not close to my family, even my parents. But I don't want him to kill himself down the line. He's just drifting through life with no direction. He doesn't leave his sleeping space as His laptop is right there and even poops himself not to leave the game I don't know what to do any advice would help. Thank you And I love you you are and wish you the best in your future <sighs> So
0: I, I got a couple Couple approaches here number one is it like sounds like this you, your brother needs some professional help um, if you're defecating on yourself to play video games that's an issue bro like that is not normal that is not good and that is a major addiction if you're not leaving your room so you can play video games if you're morbidly obese at 280 pounds that's there. there's like those are significant this sounds like someone that needs professional intervention help And one question I have is you said he has the mind of a 12 year old. Are you being is that for real? Like he he has um, Is he mentally disabled or you're just saying he has the attitude sort of the spoiled 12 year old kid Mm -hmm. Um, If he's mentally disabled, obviously he's gonna need some help to get him squared away But even if he doesn't if you even you're just using that as an expression to say oh, he's got the mind of a 12 year old but he's capable. He's a capable 17 year old. This kid, this kid definitely needs some help. And I would wonder, this is, again, this is one of my train of thoughts is that you need to do some kind of an intervention. You need to work with your parents. You need to build that back that relationship with your parents. You need to figure out how, who can help him, where you can take him. Could you get him into an inpatient facility and take him there to get him help with some kind of a legitimate intervention? So that's sort of course of action number one, and you're gonna have to fill in the details because you know the details. Course of action number two is like, and it's hard for me to decipher where this is, there's also the oh, he's just basically like this spoiled kid that doesn't need to do anything, the parents are enabling, he's got no motivation, but he doesn't have a legitimate problem. Now look at when you're crapping on yourself, so you can play video. That that sort of indicates to me you got a real problem that you could use real professional help. But if you're just sort of throwing that out there, and that's not the real issue, or that's not really happening, um, then then what I think is you have a kid that's been enabled by his parents, been enabled by life, been enabled by you know having a computer in your room. And if that's the case, what I would do is I would try and build a relationship with him. Right? Try and build a relationship with him. Try to, what can you do with him? How can you hang out with him? Can you talk to him? Are there things you can talk about? can, Can you get to understand him? So you can build some trust and build some influence. So over time, you can build enough influence and trust and relationship that you can start to move him in the right direction. Because you going on attacking him, you're a fat piece of shit. You need to get off your ass. Like that's he's just going to go further into the hole. Whereas if you're like, hey, dude, let me play. You know, let me play the game with you. Let's, um hey, why don't we play the game every. You know, every night from after dinner. Let's play a video game and and you sit down and you play with him for an hour and then you're like and you do that and you say hey, I'm I'm going to leave now. I got some stuff I got to go do and he keeps playing but eventually he likes that. You're talking to him, you're hanging out with him, and you build some kind of relationship where you can actually start to have some influence over him over time. Because this is like, this is a serious situation, and people aren't going to change overnight. And video game addiction is a legitimate thing that wrecks people's lives. And food addiction is a legitimate thing that wrecks people's lives. And lack of fitness can wreck people's lives. And not having any challenges, and not ever having to do anything that's hard, including homework, if that can be considered hard. So this is a lot, if, if that's the course of action, look, you have the option for the course of action, which is like, hey, you, your brother needs legitimate professional help. He's addicted to video games, he's addicted to food, He's doesn't have any coping mechanisms, he's sheltered, he needs help. That is a legitimate course of action. That could be the scenario. If it's not as serious as that, then you still, you, then you have to go and build that relationship and you need to work overtime to move him in the right direction as you build a relationship and gain influence over him. This is a campaign. Actually, both these are campaigns. Neither one of these is gonna be like, oh, now, oh yeah, we took him to an intervention, now he's good to go. It's not gonna be like that. And that's why, really, my primary course of action is this is a person that needs professional help. This is serious, this is very sad to read, and it's very serious, and it's a serious problem. So. Let's figure out which one of these courses of action. Let's build a relationship. You said you don't get along with your parents. Your parents are going to need to help too. So you need to build that that relationship with your parents. Don't roll in there like high and mighty either. You guys are failing as parents. No. Hey, I know it's hard. You know, these days it can be challenging. What do you think we could do? Is there any way I could help? You know, that kind of attitude is going to be more beneficial than you going on the attack on your parents, your attack on your brother. That's not what we're looking to do here. So let's let's make some movement. You know? How do we take ownership in situations like this? We take ownership by finding help. So good luck with that. Anything, Echo? Did I miss anything? Right. Definitely a tough, right. challenging situation.
1: Yeah, that it feels like one of those things where you're so far in one direction. Like so far. Yep. Given you need some professional this. help, man. Yeah. Well, 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 well.
0: There's people that know how to deal with this, psychologists that know how to deal with this. Um, There's places to go to get this, get your brother help, and that's what he needs. So let's try and help him out, man. Good luck with that.
1: There's so many different personalities too. So I I do know this. Sometimes when you see people who are just into video games, they don't leave their room or whatever, it's because, put super simply, like they don't really, need to they don't feel the need like they don't there's no payoff otherwise yeah, yeah. so well, yeah. sometimes they can be like hey it just takes and you mentioned this where it's like hey let's go to the park i don't know something yeah. something that they would find kind let's of let go to a movie some people and i don't obviously we don't know them but some people they're just like wait a second no one's ever asked me to go to the mo- movie before or no one's ever asked me like the kind where you know he's seventeen years old, years old. You're his older brother, so sometimes it's like the seventeen-year-old's not going to say, "Hey, can I come to wherever, whatever yeah. you do, because that's your thing." You know, no one's ever asked him. Kind of a thing. So every once in a while, you can have that situation where I, I mean, I know my nephew's like that. Where he's super, he's super respectful. The mo- if I ask him like, "Hey, freaking, I'm going to go here. Like, hey, you want to come or whatever?" And like a he's lot pumped. of times he'll be like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll just just come," you know. <laughs> So yeah, there could be that, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think I like the professional help yeah, option. Professional
0: Seems. help, man. This is a scary situation. Someone's in a bad, on a bad trajectory, man, and you can need some help getting him out of there, most likely. Mm-hmm. So there you go.
1: Next question, Jocko. I always wanted to know more about the Delta Platoon Commander. I couldn't wait for him to be on the podcast and hear you talking together. Then when we found out Stoner had died and you read your letter to him and share some of his writing, I still wanted to know more as my heart broke for you and me for not getting to know him. And most recently, when you talked about Stoner with Huberman, it still breaks my heart that your brother is gone and that we never got to meet him. We will... Will we ever have a compilation of his writings, his art, his music, and some memories from friends and relatives about Seth, this fascinating, unique, and brilliant knuckle dragger? My son and Anglico okay, my son and Anglo Marine, one tour Iraq, two thousand seven, turned me on to your podcast in two thousand fifteen, and I have listened to nearly all of your podcasts. I'm so sorry for the loss of your your brothers Seth, Mark, Mikey, Ryan, Chris, and others. Thank you for not failing them. BioCondios, Jocko, love you too, Echo, and Good Deal Dave, JP Leif, and all the rest. Yeah. um
0: So I actually do have a bunch of Stoner's writings. Yeah. No, I have a bunch of his writing. Not enough. I, I wish there was more. Um, he was doing a bunch of stuff. He was. Even his texts, like I have all of his texts, you know, like save texts. And even his texts are like funny and insightful and kind of dramatic sometimes. Um, And at some point, yeah, I will do something um, with his writing to try and bring to light his uh, skill, in writing, because his writing is really, really incredible. Uh, we we did a podcast where I sent Stoner. A, I said, "Hey, write, write something for the opening of the podcast." And he's like, "What do you want me to write?" He goes, "I don't know what to write." And I sent him a, a prompt that said, "I thought I was going to die." I think that's what it said. And then he just took that and ran with it. It's like the I want to say it's podcast seventy six or something like that. Mm. Um, it's freaking badass what he wrote. But that and that's the way everything he wrote kind of sounded like with that tone and that voice, and he was working on a, on a novel. Uh, that is very cool, a very cool novel. And he was maybe a third of the way done with it, and I have it. Um, I don't know if I should try and finish it. I've thought about trying to finish it. I also realized like I literally cannot write like him. And so that kind of sucks because there'd be this massive transition from this really stylized type of writing to, to my style of writing. And if you read Final Spin, my writing is very different than Stoner's writing. So I don't think that, I don't know if it would work, man, to be honest with you. And I have a little bit of the vision of where it was going. Because you know, we kind of talked through the whole plot. And we have a little bit of the vision of where it was going. But we also were in discussion on the plot and where it was going. And we were kind of coming to grips on the plot and where it was going. And, I mean, actually, the the to give you a brief synopsis of the story, it's... A guy that was in the military that's now going around and killing evil people mm-hmm. um which is i mean that's got to be one of the most basic kind of uh, uh, stereotypical stories right you can it's like it's a Rambo, it's uh the terminal list mm-hmm. it's just kind of one of those stories and if it wasn't if there wasn't so much depth behind the characters and so much eloquence in the writing, I would be like, yeah, you know, it was a cool story, but there's, there's so much more to it because Stone. There's a lot much more. There was much more to Stoner. Um, so I, I look. Even if I was just to publish the what it what there is, it would be awesome. Even if it was just that. It'd be worth it's worth reading. I should have brought should brought a little excerpt to read, but I'll maybe we'll do that. Um, and at some point, I'll figure out and I'll talk to his brother and mom and like you know we've we've had discussions about it um, already, but just to figure out the right thing to do with it, so that you can have a little more. What are you looking for? Insight into this fascinating, unique, brilliant knuckle dragger. So here's another. Interesting tidbit, you know, I have a band rock and roll band And we play music and we jam we mostly jam which means these are songs that are being improvised in the moment and Are not going to be played again. I mean occasionally we'll grab a riff but uh, And we record it and I I we have we are looking for some guest appearances by Stoner, when he would, when you know, like we we he'd come by and he'd jump on the guitar or he'd jump on the vocals, and sing. And so we've been looking for that. And again, it's all you know, it's the big computer files, unmarked, named, you know, unnamed tracks. Mm-hmm. There's hundreds of hours of unnamed tracks. Sometimes you know, two three hours session after session after session. So it's like try, trying. It's like trying to find the needle in a hay, in a haystack. Mm-hmm so uh at some point hopefully we can find that and get that out there if it's appropriate for humans because it might not be um we'll do it and you know what's cool is if you go to uh pohaku man on instagram then you can check out his instagram and he's on there playing ukulele and st- you made a video yeah. did we what do we do with that video we put it into a memorial thing right
1: no you're thinking of a strumming like i'm thinking like, of
0: no i'm thinking of when he came to our podcast studio. yeah yeah that was a different one so yeah yeah, but, yeah that's but a but full full video yeah that's a full video yeah
1: yeah You yeah. probably have all kind of
0: extra footage there too
1: yeah on one my yeah the whole thing there's like a little group that he yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah he yeah, assembled
0: yeah. a group and they yeah. went and played and
1: uh, a song uh, yeah Hawaiian song Yep. it's pretty legit
0: yeah so and you have he, all of that interaction of him laughing and screwing things up oh, and yeah. all that stuff yeah, yeah yeah fully oh bro we should make a little video of that song.
1: yeah I I'll dig that up yeah and just yeah. put the whole we should just put the whole thing up it's on his Instagram
0: I know but I'm saying the whole thing like a 27 minute of just footage oh yeah yeah. That way this dude will be like, Oh, thanks. There's yeah. some footage of stoner.
1: Right, yeah, remind me to dig that up. Because I know yeah. it's on like some hard drives that aren't plugged in right now. Right. But yeah, remind me, I'll, I'll grab that. Maybe we just <laughs> dump
0: it onto dump it onto Jonko Podcast. Just yeah. put like raw stoner in like life. Yeah. And just yeah. him because he's always doing dumb shit and saying funny shit and all yeah. that. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I think so. Yeah, that was legit that day.
0: Right on. Is he playing guitar in that? Or is he playing ukulele? Ukulele. Is he playing ukulele? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Check. You know, we got a, uh, he had a painting that he did. And he made this painting and it's like these colors. um, And the guy that was, that he did the painting with at the memorial service, he gave me the painting. And I took it and got like, A bunch of copies made on canvas, like the highest quality copies you can make. Mm. And I gave them to everybody and then gave the original two back to his mom. Um, But the dude was like, the dude that gave me the painting was like, yeah, I asked, he goes, I asked Seth what the name of the painting was. And he said, it's life, bruh. (laughs) And so that's the name of the painting.
1: What it's, it's life, life, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I'm thinking back I it could have been a guitar he was playing. I'm not
0: I think it is. I'm yeah. pretty sure it is.
1: Yeah, I forget. Yeah.
0: Well but you can get it's a life, feel for bruh. uh for Stoner on yeah. his on his Instagram, thankfully. Yeah. And uh there's one he's like in uh in a boat and he's just laughing his ass off as they're sailing this outrigger boat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. Bunch of cool stuff on there. Him playing the ukulele, you can kind of figure it out, man.
1: You know, pohaku means in Hawaiian
0: stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. One time he met this girl named her last name was Rock, <laughs> 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 and he was so fired up.
1: <laughs> they got engaged. <laughs> was, oh
0: yeah. Well, he got engaged to. So, you know he was like to. He liked. He 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 loved girls. You he's, know. He's, he wanted to meet too. them. Yeah. I understand. And this one girl, her name, her last name was Rock. I won't say her first name. I mean, obviously she knows who she is. But he he said her fir- first name. I'll use Jessica because that's what I always use for yeah, girls' names. But he goes, uh, he's like, you'll never guess what her name is. And I'm like, well, what is it? He's like, it's. I I said, oh, I, I think I like met her too. So I'm like, oh, uh, isn't it Jessica? And he's like, yeah, but it's Jessica Rock. <laughs> he was all f- amped, all yeah, hyped yeah. up, so. Yeah, man, I'll do my best to compile all this freaking explosion of, uh, of creativity that was coming out of his mind and very, uh, horrible because I cannot predict what was going to come out of there. And so, uh, that's one of the, one of the hardest things about that, you know, He was so much so much creativity and passion and humor and depth was always coming out of his brain and when you read his writing you realize oh my goodness there it is so I'll do my best man but I won't be able to do it justice I'm sorry
1: (sighs) hi Jonko. I've heard you say that the four pillars of a good base for self-defense are wrestling jiu-jitsu boxing and muay thai my question is as an adult age 42 how do i acquire a good wrestling base i did a wrestle in high school and my search for wrestling training has yielded slim pickings (laughs) if i'm not able to train in wrestling would jujitsu training with and without gi be a good substitute or would there still be big deficiencies deficiencies in my ability to defend myself on the ground thanks for any, any insight
0: uh, no, you'll be good to go if you do Nogi Jiu Jitsu um, So go train Nogi Jiu Jitsu also train because in Nogi Jiu Jitsu you will train wrestling because that's the takedowns that you use in wrest in Nogi Jiu Jitsu is you use wrestling takedowns, so you're gonna get it there also check out judo Sambo I don't know what, where you're at what your area of operations is. It's weird to have no, wrestling is Wrestling is more popular in Jiu Jitsu than Jiu Jitsu.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean right. I mean you have to take every high school in America well, I would say two-thirds of the of the high schools in America have wrestling. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of wrestling out there, even if you go to a high school and you volunteer and you work with the coach. And so I'd be surprised if there was no wrestling and yet there is jujitsu. I'd be a little surprised. Mm-hmm. But if you do jujitsu, no gi jujitsu, yep, you'll learn plenty. Uh And regular jujitsu with the gi will help you. And the big thing is that you're going to miss out on a little bit. Look, if you're 42 years old and you start training in six months, you'll be able to take down anyone that didn't wrestle in high school Mm -hmm. and in a year. Well, in that six months, if you go against a wrestler that takes you down because you because he's a better wrestler than you, it doesn't matter if he didn't do jujitsu, you still submit him most likely in a year you'll probably definitely submit him, and it won't be that big of a deal. So yeah, man,
1: pretty straightforward. Go train that jujitsu. jitsu yeah. it'll get you there. Yeah, you do, and obviously it depends on the academy, but you do learn a lot of wrestling in jujitsu, and even in gi, jiu-jitsu. Oh, for sure. You learn like wrestling, and just even this, the takedown and transitioning, even getting back up, like that, can, basically okay. everything that wrestling yields as far as skills go, jiu-jitsu teaches, a lot of that but but not yeah, as intense but yeah, as we're not saying. as
0: intense and not to the level and not to the uh, yeah I guess you already said intensity a high school wrestler has a huge advantage yeah. in takedowns for their whole life yeah yep. <laughs> and it's very difficult for someone that's 42 years old you're you're not catching somebody that wrestled in high school with takedowns basically 97% of the time yeah yeah, so but you can catch him. You might not catch him with a takedown, but you catch him with that guillotine, boy. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: and that triangle at the you know on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, and so I've been kind of hearing a lot of like, you know, you hear like, oh, the like jujitsu best or jujitsu is mm-hmm. junk. You never go on the ground or whatever, and it's like, oh, how do you explain it? Like kind of condensed with clarity, like really how this this whole thing is working. And then, so this is basically how I would say it, where yeah, those four things, like a certain martial art is just a tool Mm -hmm. for fighting, self-defense, keeping yourself safe, winning a fight, whatever, whatever the case may be, it's just a tool. In different scenarios, the tool is going to be more effective or less effective. And then each tool is going to be more effective or less effective. I would say, and I think you'd agree, that jujitsu, as far as one tool goes, is probably going to be the most effective in most of the cases. Now, within jujitsu, there are certain tools in jujitsu as well. So there's like, you know, take take down, getting back up, like in karate, you'd probably not, and actually, I can only speak for Taekwondo, because I've taken Taekwondo, oh, and Aikido before, where they don't, they've never taught me ever one single time how to get back up if someone's on top of you, ever. Yeah, that's in funny. Jiu-Jitsu, right, you're going to learn that real quick. And if someone doesn't know other Jiu-Jitsu or wrestling, um, they're not going to be able to hold you down so in any scenario being able to get back up if someone's on top of you is a very good tool to have yes so a lot of times people will think like oh yeah jujitsu is just submission holds uh, take them to the ground submission holds and that's it no, there's plenty of tools in jiu jitsu that you would w- use under certain circumstances. So, yeah, if you're fighting like three guys trying to hurt you, you're not going to be like, yeah, let me pull guard. And it's, people say, oh, yeah, they'll j- pull guard. You're just going to get stamps. Yeah, because you wouldn't use that tool against mm-hmm. three guys or whatever. You'd probably use a tool to help you like escape or whatever. Right. So, it's just one of the tools. So, yep. if you if you go jiu jitsu, Muay Thai, boxing, and wrestling, bro, you got the whole tube belt right there.
0: Yeah, you got a good tube belt. And, and um,
1: yeah, it, look, you don't want to
0: pull. Guard you don't want to be on the ground in the fight in a street fight. You don't want to be on the ground You want to be, you don't first of all you don't want to be in a fight Look, that's why if someone squares up to box you run away if somebody squares up to kick you run away You run away Run away get away from them, but if they grab you now you got to now you got to know how to grapple Which means you got to know jujitsu. and if they take you down they push you down you fall down They hit you and you go you get stunned and knocked out or off balance and you fall down and now you're on the ground And they're on top of you. You better know jujitsu. You bet. And part and the the part that you need to know is how to get that person off you and get up and get away from them. And now you can run away again.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's uh, interesting because you know you can hear people, especially when they say like, "Oh, you go to the ground in like a street fight and all this stuff or whatever." Hey, if going to the ground in a street fight is kind of in a way independent of jujitsu in a way, and it's in this way where. If you choose to go to the ground in a street fight where there could be like more guys or whatever, if you choose to go to the ground, whether you know jiu-jitsu or not, that's a bad decision. Whether you know jujitsu jitsu or not. Yeah. Now if you, and it's kind of parallels what you always say, like run away until you don't have the option to run away. So, but if you do go to the ground against your will or whatever, should you know jiu-jitsu or does it not matter? Kind of a thing. <laughs> So it's like, exactly right. So again, you just look at it as like one of the many tools that jujitsu gives you. And then overall, there's that the big tool of jujitsu itself. You make your own decision. Yeah. You don't want to go there. You want to disengage and go away. Yeah, that's probably a good decision for sure. But that's up to you. Whatever decision you make it at least have the tools, though. Yep. So you can effectively make those decisions successfully. There you go. It's true. Train jujitsu. Train the jujitsu. All right, next question. Hi, Jocko Echo. Jocko, can you tell me your open and honest pro-con list for the blue cube and cold stoic plunges? I'm sure they're both fantastic, but I'd love to know which way you lean. Prices of no concern. What has your personal experience been like in regards to maintenance, size, shape, ease of use, and or any other personal insights to these two? This is very important to me, just as your work has been over the years. Thank you for your service wait what is a, what
0: is this blue these are cube? these are, uh, ice, bath. ice baths okay yep and both these companies have sent me them and they're both nice um, the blue cube is double the price oh damn and they're expensive by the way blue cube is double the price and it's double the price because it has like nicer material it's more solid um, it's very heavy duty and it's an awesome thing. It's it's like it looks it looks nice. You know what I'm saying? It's just a nicer. I mean, it costs twice as much money. Yeah. So that being said, the the other one, the cold stoic from Renew, has a great rig, very reliable. Maintenance is easy. It's definitely cheaper appearing in looks. And why is it cheaper appearing in looks? Because it's freaking cheaper. It costs less money, about half the price. Um, So I would say if money is no object, or price is of no concern, as you mentioned here, you're gonna wanna get the one that is heavier duty and looks nicer. Uh, And and you need to look at them both too, because you might like the look of the Renew one better too, like it's more simple. Hmm. The blue cube looks like a nicer, more, Mm, detailed piece of furniture. Mm. And if you would rather have a piece of furniture that's more simple, then maybe you're like, look at the renew and you go, this thing looks fine to me. I like the way it looks better, it's simpler, it fits in my modern house better. Or I have very, whatever, industrial looking house, maybe that blue cube thing looks better. So, um, like I said, one is literally twice as expensive as the other, but they both function well. One is more heavy duty. And if money is no object, I'd probably get the one that's more expensive. (laughs) Okay. Pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they're both, like I said, they're both great rigs. I appreciate um, both of those companies that hooked me up.
1: Mm. So, functionally, pretty similar. Functionally,
0: pretty similar. Blue Cube's bigger, bigger tub. um, Has like a, now they've, the new ones that they make have like a jet in it. so the freezing water is constantly flowing over even though the the renew has one a little jet in it too it's just smaller it's not like just pumping the (laughs) freezing water at you but yeah yeah, they're both
1: good Mm -hmm. you're still doing the ice bath every day yeah Yep. it's legit cool next question Hi, Jaco. I have an 18 year old son named Mark who just finished his first semester at Michigan State University. He did not do as well as he should have. I know first semesters in college can be a mess for many, especially for those kids who were impacted by COVID school shutdowns. In Mark's case, he lost almost a year and a half to remote learning, quote unquote, which which in its most generous interpretation was a disaster, at least here in Michigan. He fell into the typical traps uh, Rushing a frat, focusing on social activities, the hazing that goes along with the pledging, with pledging a frat. He got caught up in the, f- the fun stuff while forgetting about his mission, which is to earn good grades first. Have fun second. Ever since he was a young boy, I've talked to him about things you talk about. Discipline, knowing who you are and despite what others may urge him to be. Doing hard things, being organize, organized so there's less friction between thinking and doing. Could you share any advice you'd give your son in a similar situation? He grew up reading your Way of the Warrior Kid books, started training jiu-jitsu with me until COVID lockdowns permanently closed our local school. Mark played travel, travel soccer at a national elite level and is, and in his senior year was captain of the varsity soccer team. Then college came and well, I've described the situation above. I'm very thankful for all the work you put into the message you relay. On a weekly basis. Thank you for everything and thanks in advance for any consideration you can give this question. All right.
0: Um some of this is like I'm not even freaking out about it. Hey man, he went to college. He's out, you know, on his own for the first time. There's things going on. There's girls, there's partying, he's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. His grades weren't as well as they should have been. Hey, you know, like you may not need to go high into the right.
1: Yeah,
0: you might. You may not need to get a little. You know, you may not need to. You may, it may. be something as simple as, "Hey, man, how was that first semester? Did you have a good time? Cool. Let's reassess what we're focusing on and make sure we bring those grades up. You, you understand me, Mark? Like, you, so I, it may not be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like, do someone doing not as well as they should have done their first semester." I mean, okay. Hey, bro. Hey, kid. Uh, you, you get out of your system. Mm-hmm. You're you're in the frat now. You're not rushing anymore. Let's let's remember why we're here. It may be something simple like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It may be something like just some earnest questions, like, Hey, do you think are you going to focus? Because you are you happy with these grades? Do you think they're going to get you into a you know the best job you can get? Maybe some simple questions like that. And maybe the and there's a decent chance that those will kind of moving in the right way. Yeah, dad, you know, I got freaking caught up in the rush and the frat and all this stuff. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it was kind of hard for me living in the house. The guys were partying all the time. I'm, you know, now I'm getting an apartment, you know? So mm-hmm. let's not, let's not get a little too crazy. Um, That being said, let's make sure that he's recognizing that there's a little bit of a course correction that needs to get made. Mm-hmm. I would much rather have him recognize that and take care of himself. Then you recognize it. Now you impose on him. Hey, you know you're really letting me down and all this stuff.
1: Mm.
0: And by the way, when you ask him questions like, "Hey, man, are you are you happy?" He knows he's letting you down. Mm. He knows he's not reaching, reaching his potential. So you probably don't need to over. You gotta be careful about overcorrecting here. But I would give him a nudge about where he's at, about what he's doing, about what his potential is, about what he wants to do after school, about what, where he wants to go. Does he want to get a follow-on job? What kind of grades does he want to get? What kind of grades get to get him the job he wants? Or, or is he going to go to get his master's degree or whatever the case may be? So he probably needs just a your relationship to be strong and not to expend a bunch of leadership capital and impose on him. And that, my guess is someone that's, you know the captain in the soccer team and you know has done well in the past and knows he can do well is probably not going to need too much of a nudge to get him back squared away if it doesn't work there is a chance that you might need to start leaning harder right and i'm going to show you where this kind of ends up for me like let's say next semester his grades are even okay well hey man Let's go! Come on, and maybe you got to his grades. You know, stay the same. They're not as good. He's getting Bs, right? Mm. If that's your expectation, is to get As, and he's getting Bs, right? and you're like, okay, this is your second semester with B's, your freshman year's over, like, you gotta start thinking about the future. You're gonna square yourself away next year. You know what I mean? So you, 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 you can probably continue to nudge him, but eventually, if his grades continue to go down, if he's not focused, then maybe you need to have a little bit more of a escalated conversation explaining how his present actions are gonna imprint, impact his future situation in his life right and maybe may again and if you have to escalate beyond that maybe you do need like let's say he starts doing poorly let's say he starts you start seeing Cs maybe even a D right yeah. now we got issues i got issues with that
1: mm.
0: you got issues with that and now maybe you need to start thinking about what he's doing with his end of the bargain cuz my guess is who's paying for college my guess is who's paying for the dorm my guess is who pays for food my guess is you do all that that's my guess so I would have a discussion about what you're investing and what he is wasting and what you're willing to invest and what you're not willing to throw away and then come up with some standards and say hey if you want to go to this school you wanted me to pay for the school you want me to pay for this dorm you want me to pay for this food then here's, here's your end of the bargain. Here's the standards. Here's the, here's the deal. Here's the consequences of not making the deal. And then you shake hands and you got a deal. And he either squares himself away or he's going to go and figure out another way in his life. And by the way, don't do this if you're not going to hold the line. Don't make threats that you're not going to back up you know and that's why i would have some triggers along the way like hey right now i'm giving you am giving you you know 100 bucks a week for food if your grades suck that's going to be 50 bucks a week so you don't want to say i'm cutting you off and you're if you do that you may end up doing that or you may end up backing down and now he knows he's got you he knows that you care more than he does and we just lost that negotiation <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: so i'd put some triggers in place you know, right now he's got that dorm room with, the, with no roommate, maybe next semester he's gonna have a roommate, both, maybe two. Get that triple, <laughs> how you like me now? Or, hey, you know what, if you wanna keep going here, you gotta get some loans out, get some of those college loans, because I'm not paying for this full, full price anymore, this full ticket. Again, don't go crazy, I'm not supporting you if you can't get A's. Okay, then he gets a B, and now all of a sudden you got you to maintain your word. So I would set some triggers, set some goals, and treat him like a man. Treat him like, a, treat him like an employee, right? Like, hey, man, here's what you owe. Here's what you got to do. This is what I'm paying for. Don't treat him like a kid or he'll act like a kid. He's kind of acting like a kid right now, which is expected. He's 18 years old just, just showed up at, at Michigan State. There's some experiences he's go he's gonna go get.
1: Mm.
0: And he's gonna learn from those experiences. And we gotta be careful that he doesn't get experiences that he's gonna learn so much from that his life is ruined, right? You can you can do that. But let's keep the relationship strong. Let's let's give him indicators of the right direction to move into. And then if we can't get him on track, we start to escalate. And we start making deals on what's expected and what consequences there will be. And that's what I got. Echo? You're more college experienced than me.
1: Yeah, and I was kinda of, kinda of thinking about that too, because like you're I kind of relate with the son, to be honest with you. Because not to say he was correct or nothing like that, or is correct, or that's the best way to handle your first semester in college or whatever, but um 18-year-old. Just finished, probably first taste of freedom. And yeah, I don't yeah, know these we dudes were in
0: lockdown, lockdown, you know,
1: COVID, well, it, it, not lo- seeing kids. No, lockdown I'm saying was probably, in high school, right? Yeah,
0: my guess is like he went to high school and did, hasn't, you know, yeah. been around people for oh, the last yeah. year. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I'm in college. I'm yep. at Michigan. Have you ever been to Michigan State University?
1: Uh, did I go there?
0: No, no, no. I didn't. I've been there. I didn't. And it, it is kind of an epic college yep. town. Yep. You know, I mean, it's maybe not, it, it's a stereotypical epic college town, you know, all this mayhem and activity and frat row or really? whatever, yeah. I was frat row, I don't remember that, but I remember like the bars and yeah. you're like, oh yeah, I mean, and I was a grown man when I was there, but I was like, oh yeah, I can, I bet if you're an 18 year old kid and you show up here, yeah. like you're, you, got some, yeah. you got some experiences you're gonna have. And that's why when he says he did not do as well as he should have, what does that mean? Does that mean he should be getting straight A's mm-hmm. and he got two B's? or does it mean he got like three c's a d
1: yeah i'm thinking more there um usually but but
0: you really think that he would have said did not do as well as you should have if he got three c's two d's and an f he'd been like hey my son is freaking (laughs) jacked up
1: (laughs) i don't know like we don't get these yeah i this again obviously i'm no expert in uh kids handling college early on, to any degree. I I remember my experience, though. And this, to me, kind of indicates, because I remember, like, my mom would say stuff like this, Mm -hmm. like, you didn't do what you should have, right? Meanwhile, no one really asked me what, like, I want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, oh, to your standard, you know? So it's almost, this is me feeling how I felt back then. So... It feels like anyway, maybe something to add to the mix is maybe ask him like, hey, do you, do you want to go to college? Yeah. yeah. Like, did, yeah. Do you, like what you want to do or have we even thought about that? You know, like because you saying you him saying he didn't do as good as he should have. Like th- that's almost yeah. like, hey, he could have easily said to this kid all through his high school life, you should go to college rather than ask him, hey, d- do you want to do something that literally requires college? Because a lot of things don't nowadays. So maybe there's some a lack of clarity Mm -hmm. as to like why he's there or if he even really wants to be there. Because I will tell you this, if you don't want to go to college for a specific reason, you know what's going to seem real appealing when you go there? All this other stuff. And I'm speaking from experience, my friend. So yeah, we had football, I had football, but to me, that's why I was going to college, to play football. Not to go to the NFL, I was like, fuck, they wanted me to play football, I'll play football. Like class, okay, I guess. We gotta keep our grades up to stay on the team, but that was secondary. And then all the parties that are available or whatever, bro, that's like the gravitational pull of all that, (laughs) especially the first semester, is huge. So I think that's something to think about. Yep, and I, th- you know, I always talk about
0: how the biggest issue, well, one of the big issues, not the biggest, but one of the big issues that children and young adults have is they just don't connect what they're doing now to the future. They just yeah. don't make yeah. the connection. You know, there you are. They're they're like, bro, th- their connection for the future is like tomorrow night. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Like, how is yeah. what I'm gonna do right now gonna affect tomorrow night? Yeah. And so, he doesn't recognize that. And that's why I started to talk to him like, I think that's a great question that you brought up. Is like, hey do you, do you actually want to go? Like, what do you want to do? Because yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: if he's not putting that together, that when you graduate, maybe he wants to go to grad school, maybe he wants to get a job and, and you don't have any experience. So what do you use to get a job? Well, you say, hey, look, I was a straight A student. Mm-hmm. I can definitely pay attention. I can definitely learn and I can definitely do work. Mm -hmm. And so if you wanna hire me at your accounting firm or you wanna hire me at your sales firm or you wanna hire me at your engineering firm, whatever he's getting his degree in, it's like, oh yeah, this kid at least has proven he can work hard. You show up with a report card full of Cs, like now you gotta go get a lower job Mm -hmm. for a while to prove that yes, you're worth. So let's have that conversation and connect the future to the present for the kid so that he can delay some of that gratification on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Which, again, don't you want your kid to like have some fun? I want my kids to have fun, mm. you know? Do I want them to have too much fun? Nope, and you know what? The way to make them make sure they restrain how much fun they have is make sure that they understand that the way that they behave now connects to their future. And if you have too much future, you're, you're, if you have too much fun right now, your future Actually, there's some pitfalls that can happen that can wreck your future. Mm. I, you know, for instance, DUI, car crash, alcohol poisoning, kicked out of the college for doing something stupid, mm-hmm. fighting, getting hurt. Yeah, there's a million problems. So let's make sure that we discuss those possible outcomes, and then let's talk about well, what is it you actually want to do? What, mm-hmm. what, what do you want to do for a career? What do you want to do for life? You were the captain of the soccer team. I don't know if he's playing soccer at Michigan State. Does he have some kind of potential for professional soccer? And by the way, what what good are you doing to encourage professional soccer career when you're getting drunk on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night? Mm-hmm. You're not getting faster, you're not getting stronger, you're not getting better. Oh. So I think there's a bunch of conversations that you can have before you get to the point where you start trying to figure out what kind of deal you're gonna set up to keep him accountable to you, which is not the best way, form of leadership. Occasionally, you got to do it. Mm. Occasionally, you got to do it. But hopefully, we can get him to make those connections himself because it will be better for him and it will be better for you. So there you go. With that, thanks for joining us, everybody. We appreciate it. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate all the support you give to everything that we're doing with Jocko Fuel and Origin USA and Jocko Store, all those dot coms. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for supporting us here on The Underground. And if you want to connect with us on the interwebs, you know where we're at. At EquiCharles, at Jocko Willink. Watch out for the algorithm. Get you. The algorithm will make you pay. But us will be free here in
1: The Underground. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko, out.